you're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, and you should know that by now. I'm excited because it's finally fall. Um, and if I couldn't tell by the cold weather, I can definitely tell by all the Christmas trees and Christmas music playing everywhere I go. But I'm actually really excited this week because, one, because the new Adele album is coming out this week, and I am semi certain that I might emotionally be ready for this album. Maybe, maybe not. We'll find out. I'm excited about it. And I'm also excited because today's guest, um, I followed him for years on reality television. Um, I watched all of his shows, every single one of them, and I'm really excited to have him on today. He is a host, an actor, and a TV personality who has appeared on MTV's Laguna Beach, The Hills, Celebrity Rap Superstar, and eventually Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew after Bad through a public struggle with addiction. Sober since 2010, he has dedicated his life to raising awareness toward addiction and hopes to one day change the public's negative perception of the deadly disease. Most recently, he has opened up his own sober living residence, widespread recovery in Laguna Beach, California. Please welcome Jason Waller. Thank you so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for calling in today. That was quite the intro, man. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited. I'm, and I'm going to ask you about every single one of those shows. I want you to oh, know. Oh, man. <laughs> we got to dig deep. I watched all of them. I'm um, so sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it was, uh, it, I can't believe it's been 10 years, man. It's a trip since all that stuff happened, even longer. Jeez. That's crazy. All right, Jason. First, we need to talk about Laguna Beach. Because that is what you are. Uh, that's that. That was kind of like your your first claim to fame. You were so young when that started. I know. It what was were you like? like 17, 17, 17. Wow. So how um, how was that for you being like thrust into into like the fire of MTV fame? Dude, it was so crazy because I really originally didn't want to even do the show um, in the beginning. Cause when I was, when they first were filming, I was at, uh, away at a, at boarding school when they did the first season. And then when I came back, you know, Kristen and Talon and all of them were like, dude, you won't believe what's going on here. They're shooting a new show. And after it aired, I was like, uh, yeah, it seemed, I mean, there was, I had so many, it was 50, 50, but I really was originally not wanting to do it. And then everybody convinced me, even my family was like, it would be cool to have your senior year documented. And I was like, yeah, that's actually a good point. Who man, doesn't want their senior year documented on national television? Well, I, I, I mean, man, I don't. <laughs> looking back, I don't know that I would. That I, I, for where I was at, I mean, I wouldn't take anything back today. But uh, definitely would have done things a little differently. It's kind of crazy time. Yeah, were you expecting the show to be as big as it did become? No, I thought it was going to be a one-off, done and you know, done. I didn't know that it was going to be one of the bigger shows on cable and and the success of uh, you know turned into like a phenomenon. I did not can believe it i know and it, it spun off into i mean you had the hills you had the city um audrina kind of tried to do something for a minute um it, it was well, yeah like it was like a 10-year run yeah from that i mean it, the show i think you know was one of the revolutions of of the industry I and mean, that you know they they people even called it the retro show now but i mean they yeah. haven't heard anything from it's the, the old say by the bell. <laughs> yeah no <laughs> it, know, it really became this generation's version of that though yeah, I know. It was, it's crazy to look at that. I, I can't believe it. I know. So you you definitely kind of had the, the bad boy role on the show. Is that, that's fair, right? Uh, yeah, I would, I would, yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. So was that authentic or was that more of like just the editing messing, you know? 
No, I mean a lot of the, the, game. the show itself. I mean, it was it was it was like a, a docu soap almost. It was like mm-hmm. a soft script with you know, the reality of of the real relationships. And you know, I think obviously the editing had stuff to do that with that. But I was also heavily, uh, not heavily at that point. I was in the depths of, of diving into my addiction with you know the disease of alcoholism, and right. that's when it kind of just started. I mean, it was had nothing to do with the show. It was, it was inevitable, um, but that was right in the beginning of, of my addiction. So do you feel like your addiction definitely played a big role on who you were perceived as on the show? I would definitely say yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it definitely kicked in and got into more and more of who I was and the, the personality I portrayed was definitely through the, the addiction portion of it, even that more so in the hills than Laguna. Um, and it just got worse and worse. So your time on, on Laguna and then on the Hills, um, do you feel like you were pretty authentic in who you were on the show or did you, or was everybody kind of pretty mindful of the fact that there were cameras on them and they were filming a television show and there was obviously, you know, a certain level of pressure to, to put on a show and to put on some entertainment? I mean, I, I think for the most part, everybody was really being who they were. I mean, overall, um, like I said, I mean, half the time I was <laughs> under the influence or <laughs> or drinking. Right. Um, the other half I wasn't, so and I was probably hurting. So for me, I don't think that there was as much of an authenticity as you would have gotten, like on celebrity rehab or something like that, where okay. it was coherent and present. Um, you know, and, and but overall, I'd say yeah, it was pretty much the personalities that you saw were pretty accurate. Okay, so now what are you now that the hills has actually ended? Um, you know it, that had a nice run with Lauren, and then Kristen kind of came in. Um, what's your overall take on that show? Since there was like you know some people said that the show was real, and then a lot of the stars came out and said that it was it was for the most part pretty manipulated and kind of fake. Um, but I think it it. it was a good platform for a lot of them. So I, I just want to know, like as somebody that was kind of on in the early seasons, what was your overall take from that show? I mean, I think it was obviously it was done right. I mean, anything that's got what I think it was, I mean, how many seasons it went, but I mean, it was obviously doing well and it went on for a long time. And it created a ton of platforms for everybody. I mean, it, look at where everybody's at now. Right. You know, I mean, a lot of people have done a lot of stuff with it and uh, it was a great, great opportunity. And, um, you know, I think it's it's open doors for for everyone. Were you happy to leave the show? I mean, I, I was. I, for me personally, I was so at that that point. I was just so deep and dark that yeah, uh, that was not even in the, the thing on my my radar. It was more let's go party and let's go live this other life. Um, you know, so I mean, I wasn't really upset. I don't even know that I really knew what was going on. <laughs> to be totally honest. How do you feel that your relationship with Lauren Conrad kind of played on television like that? I mean, was that a serious relationship for you? Yeah, no, we were we were very very close, and I mean, it it uh, it was hard too because not really. I mean, going through my own struggles and not knowing what I know today about addiction and just the the disease model of it, and just the you know, it's a brain disease and it's, it's a mental disorder, um, and just having all that stuff tied into it, it was hard to. Obviously, having any relationship portrayed on TV is hard, but also when you're sick and you're not knowing what's, what's, you know, what's really going on right. uh, made it even that much harder. 
was she understanding and supportive of you as, you know, not just as like reality cast whole aside, but just as your girlfriend, did she understand? Do you feel like most people that age understand addiction and how to support somebody through that? No, not, not at all. I mean, you know, she was very supportive. Don't get me wrong. That's to answer the first question, but the reality of what it is, I mean, like I said, you know, growing up, we never had the education or the knowledge that we do today about addiction. Uh, and, and the, the, detriments it causes in your life and you know for well i guess it got to a point where she couldn't take it anymore and i couldn't even take it anymore on my end you know what i mean and just mm-hmm. had to cause that separation and that wedge um but she was very supportive through everything but it, we didn't know we didn't know what to do at that point you know what i mean it was like let's go to try treatment let's try these different things and um even then the education i have now is is so much further than that we just never had prevention you know we grew up right. it was like the dare program is just say no to drugs <laughs> and it's like you see right. that's what we were taught and then you know you see somebody doing something that's right. like dancing or have fun it's like yeah that's that's gonna make me not want to drink you know where we really provide education today yeah um, i mean there, yeah there's definitely like the the say no to drugs campaign but then you look at tv and like drinking and alcohol like it's so glorified all yeah it's all, all they promote and that's i mean it's we have such a false sense of reality in today's right. society which is scary um you know it's it's more and more, more instant gratification you know the easy way out how can i get get out the quicker way is is seems to be the most people's motto and that's not the truth anything worth having is not easy so what advice do you have um to people or to to young couples in that situation that you guys were in i mean is there anything that your partner can do to support you at that point or is it more of just like a personal you know level of self-acceptance and and making the decision to want to change in the addiction realm or like in somebody that's in tv that's going on through a relationship or no in the addiction route so so think about back to that relationship um you know obviously there was a lot of tension with the cameras being on you but what can somebody like in lauren's position or even if the roles were reversed what can somebody you know just young people caught up in that situation do well Really setting boundaries and having a, a clear-cut identity of, of what you are willing and not willing to do. I mean, for that situation is, is you know, if, if I'm not willing to get better, obviously, you know, you got to cut the ties with it. Because technically, if you're supporting or, or being around what I'm doing, you're saying that it's okay. It's not. So it's really separating yourself from, from that uh, and being like, hey, look, I'm willing to help you 100% if you're willing to get help and take care of yourself. But if you're not, I'm not going to be there to, to contribute to that because you're literally – loving them to death in, in essence. Right. And that's like the whole enabling thing. So, I mean, it's really clear cut boundaries and finding open and getting treatment. I mean, treatment works, you know, but it's, it's really having boundaries and reaching out for people that understand this. And I mean, there's a lot of, of knowledgeable people that can really help and assist with this, but you definitely can't control an uncontrollable situation, right. um, which a lot of people try to do. Um, and it's, Addiction's a, a crazy thing, man. When you're in full-fledged addiction, it's it's you can't control it. You know, you got to remove yourself, get stabilized, and be able to to move forward. But on the other end, it's it's really setting boundaries. What it comes down to, right? Has Lauren reached out to you at all since you've come out with your addiction and and sought treatment and are now in recovery? We've been in touch. We've we've touched space a few times, and it's just more. I mean, I actually reached out to her to to make amends for everything that you know that I had done and take ownership and yeah. accountability for everything that had happened. And you know, we we were able to to reconnect and and everything's good. But I think it was I reached out to her initially, you know, just for all the damage that I had caused. <laughs> um, and you know, she was very appreciative and, and understanding of it. And um, 
you know, but that's that's a part of the process. It's part of the recovery part. Were there people that you tried to make amends with that maybe weren't as understanding? And how did you react in those situations? Well, when, I mean, I'll be making amends for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the, the truth, I mean, for me, it's just to really clean my slate. You know what I mean? And, and that's what it is, is taking ownership and everything. And that's all you can do. You know what I mean? Like, right. You can't do anything more than that. If people are going to react, that's, that's on them. Uh, if they're not understanding, you know, there's nothing you can do. But all I ever say to them or offer to them is, look, I take full accountability in what I did, you know, and I want to want to make things right. You know, it's not even a, you don't say I'm sorry because that that's not even enough. It's like I take full accountability and, and, and I, I, it's not going to happen again. Right. Um, and if there's anything I can do to make the situation better, just let me know. But it's taking full ownership in it. You know, that's that's the main thing. And uh, I have yet to have anybody not be 100% supportive after I've talked to them because I'm a, I'm a totally different person when I'm sober versus when I'm under the influence. And a lot of people know that. Um, I mean, the people got to see glimpses of that and stuff. So I never really ran into that, that issue of, of the non-support after, after that. Very cool. And I, I love that, that whole message of, of just owning it. I mean, I think that's a big piece is that self-acceptance before you're able to, to kind of pick up and move on to the next step. Well, yeah, you can't justify, you know what I mean? You gotta, exactly. you gotta, you gotta just take ownership in it. And that's, that's a problem with a lot of stuff is people want to blame or put it on somebody else. And the truth is, is it, it's, it's lies on you. Right. Okay. So speaking of ownership, you know, I have to ask about it. I want you to tell me about celebrity rap superstar and whether you have been um, heartbroken at the fact that you didn't win that show. Dude, I've been practicing every day. I'm coming back and <laughs> we're doing a celebrity rap superstar number two. I can't believe I did that thing, dude. That was the most embarrassing. <laughs> but see, that's the thing. That's what happens when you drink. Dude. You do stupid things. But um, I I love the celebrities that they picked though. They picked like you, Perez Hilton, Kendra, Kendra Wilkinson. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was, dude, it was it was a fun like random, really unique show. If you were to ask me to ever it do it again, really there's no was. way I would ever do that. It's just a, I didn't know what to expect, and it was just another MTV, and it was with uh, who was it? Tony DeSanto, who was uh, one of the the guys that helped create Laguna and the Hills, yeah. and was a big part of everything. So I was just like, whatever, dude, it'd be be kind of cool and then you know having like two short and warm jeans people that i <laughs> i grew up like you know this is hearing their music in high school and stuff i was like yeah this would be super random but we'll see what happens so okay so of laguna beach the hills and celebrity rap superstar if you could erase one of those from um oh, your dude, celebrity rap. <laughs> for sure i thought that's the one you would be the most proud of dude come on there's you no were way. jason waller the baller <laughs> problem is that thing is ingrained in my head. I had to read it over and over and over and over, and I can't, I can't get it out of my head. Oh my but god, that's funny. it was hilarious, dude. I mean, it, like like I said, I wouldn't. Everything I've, I'm very grateful for, and I, I at first I was like, dude, I would take a lot of things back, but yeah. the reality is it shaped me to who I am today, and I wouldn't take anything back, even even that show. So, do you think that reality TV and and just media in general, being so young and being, um, you know, a, a media personality, do you think that that played a role in your addiction at all? Do you think it exacerbated it? Maybe. No, it added fuel to the fire. You know, like, okay. like, like I said, it's it's something that is they're able to even trace with. I mean, DNA now. I mean, you can even go back and see where alcoholism stems. I mean, it's a full blown right. disease. Scientific evidence has been able to prove that. It just added fuel to the fire. I mean, it just, it was inevitable that it was going to happen. I mean, for example, it's like for me, it was, it, 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 I would, could have been the guy that was 
35 down the road, you know, slowly after I went to college, did the thing, had kids and stuff, and, mm-hmm. you know, would have eventually so, yeah. got worse and worse. And then, and then, you know, this I'm actually grateful for because it ignited it much quicker. Uh, and, it, it, you know, it was bad. And it ended up getting me into a spot where I got clean at a, a much younger age. I mean, luckily that I made it through it. Right. So here's an interesting question. So do you feel like once you've gone through the treatment process and you're in recovery, do you feel like a person with alcoholism or that has an addiction to alcohol, do you feel like they can ever have a drink or is it just something that you're, it's just off limits altogether? I mean, for me personally, and I can't speak, I mean, I, the, I think like addiction in general, there's like phases to it. I like I look at like cancer or something, correct? I mean, they're two totally different things. Don't get me wrong. Like I've had family that's passed away from cancer and stuff, but like mm-hmm. I look at there's like a stage one, two, three, and four. There's a guy that could drink, you know, that there's an alcoholic for sure that drinks a six pack, a six pack every day that works in construction. And he, he dies at 70 from cirrhosis of the liver where for me, if I were to continue drinking like a stage four, I would, I, I'm the kind of guy that I wouldn't make it past 30, 35 just from how much I consume. So, wow. I mean, it's, it's hard to, to tell, but I mean, overall, it's it's like why take that risk? But I mean, you know, if your life's becoming manageable and after you weigh out all the options and stuff that you look at, I mean, you know, for me, there's no way I could ever have a drink again. Um, but there are some people that have, have been able to go through it. But I think that if they were to stay absent of it, you know, especially if they're they're in an issue and or they see there's an issue and they're in treatment, there's obviously something's got them there <laughs> to make them to right, get there. Right. So I think it's 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 hard when you're trying to justify that you're in a place for alcohol or or drugs. Um, and try to try to be able to go back out and use that. And I mean, it's it's to me, there's no such thing as recreational use of heroin or meth or oxycotton. You know, the fact that people will try to say, yeah, it's it's not normal to go out and be like, hey, yo, Zach, you want to go shoot up or you want to go take a bunch of oxys, which are prescribed for people that are on on their deathbed. You know, it's it's the the prescription epidemic that we're having. I mean, someone's dying every four minutes from from a uh, from from opiates. I mean, every four minutes, someone's dying. And it's just swept under the rug, and that—that's the statistic of it is, is crazy. In 2012 or 2013, it was every 10 minutes, so now it's every four. In 2015, it's like in the next two to three years, someone's going to be dying every every minute just from an opiate-related uh, overdose, and that's not <laughs> including all other drugs and alcohol. Yikes! So I mean, it's crazy, and this, that's the frustrating statistics. part. Is like that's why I'm in doing what I do now is because the truth behind it is is <clears throat> with how far this epidemic is going. It's just mind-boggling that it's breaking news that somebody gets a bullseye from Jack in the Box, and it's on every news station. But the right. 100, 150 teens that died today, and the other 100, 150, you know, young adults or even older adults that passed away, it's just swept under the rug. Right. Um, it's the leading cause of injury death in America today. That's you know, horrible. so. It's a, it's a scary thing. It's a real issue that not a lot of people want to face. You know what I mean? It's just well, yeah. easier to 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 ignore it. But the truth behind it is, though, is, is people that live in recovery and that are, you know, that have made it through and that are on the other end are some of the most, you know, successful contributing people to society. And nobody gets to see that. Everybody thinks that, like, shows like Intervention or these other places that glorify on the negativity and just make right. it look like low lights. That's not the truth. You know, and that's where it's, it's some of the most successful people that are out there are in recovery. Um, but it's hard that when we don't have the 30, 40 million people that are sober and, and live a life like that out there expressing that, all we see is the negatives and, and the people, the, you know, the, the basically the repercussions from, from substance abuse and stuff is why she steal. And it's not to justify that, but there's a, a big mental illness that ties in with it and it's a sickness. 
Right. And, and there's such a stigma around it that I think a lot of people and, and, and maybe it's unfair for me to speak out um, on behalf of them. But I think there are a lot of people that have recovered that maybe aren't comfortable sharing it because of that stigma. And that's well, no, what I think is unfortunate. That's why we're, we're I'm hoping to be able to by stressing vulnerability creates humility. So, I mean, there's not much hiding in my story that I could have done. Right. Uh, and a lot of it was public. So, I mean, I talk about that. I'm very, I'm an open book about it because look, it's like I went through this, not to say that I'm so lucky to be alive to make that very clear. Cause I shouldn't be here a hundred percent. And a lot of people that would go through what I went through would not have made it. I mean, but for some reason I'm still here and I'm, I'm trying to, to shed light on that. It's like, look, you're not alone. A lot of people are going through this and you know, that's, that's a big part of why I'm doing what I do today. So how did Dr. Drew and, and celebrity rehab, um, how did that whole experience help you through treatment? Do you feel like it was beneficial or did you have to go to treatment outside of that show? Well, I went to treatment prior to that show. Okay. So I got sober. I actually went in there sober. And my whole original thought process behind that was I was going to go in there to change the negative perception that society had on me got from it. all the stuff that I was doing. Um, and through that process, I ended up, you know, I obviously learned a lot and, you know, my whole belief in today's society is that that 30 day treatment model is necessarily it's like outdated. So I don't think it's hard to get sober. It's hard to stay sober. So the focus needs to be in aftercare. Uh-huh. So I wanted to get any help that I could, especially from Dr. Drew, who's one of the, who I still work with and talk to weekly. Uh, one of the best guys out there. Um, but I gained so much knowledge from them. And, you know, one of the things that he really helped me with was, you know, surrender, drop the ego and, and be willing to take advice and guidance and be of service. And that's what I still do today. Um, but overall, went in there with a totally different thing, which panned out to my benefit because I wasn't detoxing or acting crazy on there. I had Janice Dickinson and some other people that were, you know, more of the show. Yeah. And I was kind of just sitting on the back. I was like a background pop almost, but gained gained a lot of knowledge and more education from that. And um, ended up coming out with, you know, I feel like the best of both. Yeah. What do you think of the negative press surrounding surrounding that show? Do you think any of it's justified, or is it all just like highly exaggerated? I think there. I mean, I see uh, there's some points to it, but I, I think also that's the reality. It's not. It's you know, and they came after Drew and stuff about people that you know were dying on that, and it's because of that show. It's like, dude, that's such BS. The reality of it is, this is that's addiction. It kills right. people. I mean, it's one of the leading causes of death in America today. It's not Drew's fault because after the show, it, you know, and I don't, I think there's, I go both ways. I think it's when you highlight somebody through that process, I think there's, you know, I could see where that goes, but at the same time, it's giving people insight and in the reality of it, you know? Um, yeah, that is addiction. I mean, you can't blame somebody that's trying to help, you know, people struggling with addiction for, you know, any struggles that they have afterwards. No, he's he's literally one of the best. I mean, I've met a lot of doctors. I've been to, a, you know, I've been to a handful of treatment centers, and I mean, he's one of the best. He's probably the best doctor I've ever met that is not actually suffering with addiction. That actually knows and speaks as if he was somebody that was in recovery. Wow. I mean, he just gets it. He's one of the, he's one of the best. I mean, he is. And I didn't get to know that until I. It, it wasn't even until after the show that I started just to see more and more after continuing to do work and you know because there's a lot of people in there and obviously at individual time, but I've got to spend more and more time with him and. He's just one of the most credible people in in the field, and you know, I I stand by him completely by everything he talks about, and we have the same philosophy, same same parallel visions with the way you know treatment and addictions dealt with, and um, I owe a lot of a lot of what I know today and a lot of the knowledge that I have is from him. So you you mentioned shows like Intervention that kind of um, 
I, I would say exploit, you know, some of the struggles that, that people with addiction face. But you, you're actually kind of trying to change that stigma. And um, you have a new show that you're working on, right? Geared more toward recovery? Yeah, gear, it's geared towards more recovery. And to show it, you know, it's like, it's unfortunate. I'm limited on what I can really say. But I mean, the, the truth behind it, it's like, look, you have credible and, and people that are very highly qualified interventionists on there. And I think that there's some of them are really good. Mm-hmm. I have nothing bad to say about that, but the fact that you glorify and show 45 minutes of the struggles and what these people are going through and you show no solution or anything in recovery at the end, right. it's like, what do you expect to think about these people? You know, at the right. end, it's a typewriter that comes up and says, oh, yeah, they were sober for 60 days. Well, what's that look like? What are they doing? If they're sober right. nine months, what does that look like? What are they doing? Is it, and then, or the guy was uh, relapsed after, you know, 45 days and now he's back in jail. What does that look like? How did he do that? What does active addiction look like versus active recovery? Right. People don't see that. And like I said, that's the whole thing. Like, he did a true Hollywood story on me, and it was like, uh, it showed, it was really, I mean, this all kind of came from that is where I was, obviously my parents were taping me when I was growing up, and mm-hmm. you know, I had footage of when I was a little kid, and all the way up through, you know, when I was in my early teens, and then the rebellious years where most people only have footage of very random things that was documented on TV, right. and you could see, like, the, the height of the fame, and then the huge downfall, um, and, and then the the backlash or the, the up for bringing, I guess, you know, of, of the, of being able to come back and to show that it was, it was really powerful. And it was just like, people need to be able to see the recovery side of it, not just the downside of it. And to show that this doesn't just, this disease does not stick, does not, uh, it's, um, what is the word I'm thinking of? It, it doesn't, um, <laughs> what is it? I can't even think. Uh, I totally just drew, drew a blank, but it's, it doesn't. It doesn't discriminate, um, right? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you come from or who you are or what you have, um, and you know, it's it's it affects all different all different people. Okay, now I have two final questions for you. The first one is, what's one thing that you want people to know about addiction or recovery? I know you said that it doesn't discriminate, and I think that's a really good point. But what's one final note that you want people to know um, about addiction or recovery? Well, one is there's no shame for, uh, you know, reaching out and asking for help. And two, that recovery is possible and there's absolutely a life worth living uh, in recovery. It's been the most beautiful blessing in my life. And I mean, I couldn't, I wouldn't ask for anything else. And h- how many years have you been sober now? Five. Wow. July 23rd, 2010. Congratulations. And my last question to you is if you could go back to Jason Waller at 20 years old, what advice would you give him? Did you you need to get into treatment, man, and, and actually take this serious. This is a, a disease that will take you out. And I mean, that's the thing is this, this disease took me to, to suicide. Um, and that was a, a big contributor to it. So, I mean, I would just tell him to, to, to go get support and, you know, remove yourself from the environment that you're in and, and get, get some knowledge and education on what this is really about. I love it. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Jason. Is, are there any social media channels that people can follow you at or a website yeah, have- you want to plug? Yeah, no, uh, people, I have a new site that will be coming out that shows all about our recovery, everything that we're doing. It's it's my, it's JasonWaller.com, uh, Jason, W-A-H-L-E-R.com, and it's just basically, it's not about me. It's about 10 or 15% about me, and the rest is about, like, recovery in different places and places that have been vetted and basically for people that need our help uh, with treatment. That's a, the site they can go to, or they can follow us on uh, Twitter at WallerJason or uh, at Instagram at JasonWaller. <laughs> And, and where can people learn more about widespread recovery in Lagoon Beach? Uh, if they go to widespreadrecovery.com, but that actually, if they go to my site right now, 
uh, they'll be able to find out all the information they need and why it's under development. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Jason, and thank you for enlightening me about um, about addiction and recovery. I know I, I have a lot of um, family members and friends that have struggled with this, but I've only recently, I would say, in the past couple of months, really learned more about it. Um, and the more that I learn about it, it's it's crazy. It's I mean, this is real, and people aren't talking about it. So, thank you for being brave enough to share your story. Anytime, man. Anything I can ever help with, just let me know. I'd be more than happy to. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jason. Appreciate it. Take care, man. Thanks. Thanks. Everybody needs to go to jasonwaller.com. That's W-A-H-L-E-R, Waller. He is a baller still. Um, and now he has, a, he has an awesome story that I think everybody needs to go and check out, jasonwaller.com. Don't forget to follow him on Twitter at jasonwaller. Uh, thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter. We'll be back next Wednesday. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and follow me at Just Plain Zach across all social media platforms. Go do it right now. Use that follow button. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>